Welcome to Animoa, the animated movie watch. I'm Bethers. And I'm Birdie. Today's episode is Lapida, Castle in the Sky. Or Tenku no Shiro Lapida. We pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia. Any movie with a theatrical release that has a critics rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes will get its own episode here on Animoa. And we're watching these films in chronological order. And it's a pleasure to be watching Miyazaki in chronological order. <sighs> it really is. It, it, it's so cool because, we, yeah, we get to see, like, his progression and then, like, how his style shifts and develops over time. Yeah. So, uh, you got a fancy drink over there? I I guess it's fancy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, pressed coconut water. Ew. Oh, my. <laughs> and what do you have that is familiar? I have more fancy-ass kombucha for a fancy-ass movie. Yep, correct. All right, listen, this is going to be a really weird noise because mine's cardboard and yours is glass. That was not a noise. <laughs> well, okay, let's get a little closer and see. It's a noise! <laughs> it's, I can turn it up in post. <laughs> You know what? I do not suggest drinking kombucha right after you have brushed your teeth. Oh, no. Nope. Well, wait, what flavor of kombucha? It's like that blueberry mint. Oh, yeah. No, that's no. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So we're going to be super, super art, 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 articulate. Art. Wow. <laughs> that's also not. <laughs> oh. Uh. I am articulating well. There we go. Words. The happening. This is great right now. This could be a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk about the music first. Oh my god, we're starting right off with the music? Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Oh my god, yes, I love the music in this movie. Well, I mean, actually, should we just start off with like, hey, we, we've both seen this. Like like most Miyazaki oh. films. Yeah. We, we've both seen this. I've seen this many times, both in the original Japanese and the English dub. And you had seen it at least once? I had seen it once. Um, Once for sure. Yeah, our local movie theater was doing a Studio Ghibli thing. Yeah. And was it you I saw it with? It's it's very possible. I think we had like a few movie options to go see. And there were a couple I was like, okay, we have to see this one. Did we see Mononoke? Yes. I think so. But I don't remember if that was in the movie theater. Yes, it was. Yeah, I thought so. And then also The Cat Returns. I think we saw maybe those two, and then maybe also this one was where the, like, the three that we went and saw. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. So I can say right off the bat, yeah, this is one of my favorite Miyazaki films. Boom. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring up the music mm-hmm. is because right after we finished watching this, I know you mentioned the score and yes. how... Um, oh, I forget his name. Joe, Joe Hisaishi. Hisaishi, yeah. So he rescored it for the English dub. Yes. And we were doing a little comparison. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little... It's weird to do immediately after having watched it and then not watching the full film and only watching little bits and pieces. And honestly, I think my favorite thing to do with the, the rescore version is to just sit down and listen to it like as a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Just like turn it on, like whether it's on like a YouTube playlist or wherever, whatever music service you have. It should be there because that was the only one that got like an official release post like 2000 whatever. Hmm. But you can still get a hold of the older soundtrack in 1986 one. Cool, it's more synthesized and stuff. But yeah, like just like the musicality of the rescore is just it's more lush and oh yeah, beautiful. But the original has so much charm too. So yeah, yeah like the original. Like I like both. Yeah, really. No, me too. The original is just so 80s Miyazaki. <laughs> yeah. And Studio Ghibli in general. And, yeah. And there's there's some nostalgia with that. Mm-hmm. But listening to the rescore immediately after, it's so much more full. Yes. 
It's and, just a better sound overall. Yeah. There was one point that disappointed me, actually. We went back and watched uh, the kids landing on Laputa. Yeah, that yeah. part sounded different than I remembered it sounding, which is interesting because there, there must be another part where they play that theme because I remembered it sounding much more exciting and beautiful in another part of the movie where mm-hmm. we hear that theme. So I'm not sure when that is or if I just like queued up the wrong part or something. Because yeah, I was kind of disappointed too. I was like, well, this isn't what I remember. Oh. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, in the original Japanese, when they land in Lapita and everything is all green and everything, mm-hmm. there's no music at all. It's and silent until they land. Yeah, right. I prefer that. Yeah. And with the, the English version, it's this dreamy music and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty, but the dramatic effect just isn't the same. Yeah. No, there's a lot. Well, the original was like 60 minutes of music and then they in- increased that to 90 music Music minutes. Music minutes. <laughs> 90 <laughs> music minutes. I like it. So, yeah, there was a lot more silence in the original. A lot more, like, pauses. And, it, it, yeah, it, it affects the mood of things. Yeah. And it, it's very different. Do you prefer the silence parts? Because when, when they landed, I was holding my breath in a yeah. good way. Just because if there's no sound going on, you, you have to, like, shut up to take it all in. I, well, I, I seem to remember there's... I need to sit down and probably just watch the English dub again. <laughs> uh, of course, we as, as we do, we watched the original Japanese um, for this. And we watched... Uh, yeah, well, okay. So, yeah, there's actually, like, multiple versions. So you've got the original Japanese, which just has the original score. You've got the English dub, which has the rescore. But you also have the English dub with the original Japanese score. Oh. So it's just, like, all these different versions. They, like, they restored that version because a lot of people complained about the rescore when the dub came out. Because oh, they're really? purists. <laughs> and they need to calm their tits because Hisaishi himself prefers the rescore. So I just got to say, you know, if it's Hisaishi, just yeah, let it's, it's going to be good no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> and let him do what he wants. But, yeah, no, there, there were different moments that had silence and different moments that added music and then different moments that had music originally that became silent. It was like there was some swapping and switching around. And I I don't know. I, I did watch the Japanese originally. Like, I, I, I the first time I did see it was the original score and in Japanese. So that probably is, like, closer to, like, just my memory of the movie. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do watch it, I, I envision that version. But because I've listened to the soundtrack so much... I've been listening to the newer one because that was just sort of like available. And I remember being like, man, this sounds a little different, but it sounds really pretty. So I would say if you're watching the movie, do the original score. But if you're going to sit down and listen to the soundtrack, do the yeah. rewritten score. Yeah. So do you want to move on to the story? Uh, sure. I'm trying to think well, really quickly if there's anything else to say about the music. I mean, there's, there's so much to say about the music. Like, like everybody has their motifs and there's just so many different themes and everything gets stuck in my fucking head. <laughs> I, I, like, like obviously the, the main theme, the, the carrying you theme, which is what it translates to, but the, the Anochi uh, Heisei tune, um, it, it's just gorgeous and it gets repeated. There's like the fun pirate theme, like the, the Dola clan theme with the boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's so good. And then the music when the robot comes back to life and is um, sort of taken over the place and then they, they rescue Sheeta. There's so much good music happening in that sequence. It's a very, very thrilling scene and it's just uh, elevated by the music. 
I just I, I have to nerd out about that. And and okay. the robot theme, um, when it first starts, it's like bum bum bum. It's like um, hello, Gustav Holst, Mars the bringer of war. Wow, how fitting are you? I, I didn't even notice that until like I was listening to it this most recent time. I was like, wait a minute, good shit. That <laughs> maybe we can talk about story if you're ready. Well, I just remembered that. So I had these two songs stuck in my head all week. Mm. And after watching this movie, that's no longer the case because now I have Lapio oh, stuck yay, in my head. That's right. Oh, yes. I, I know at least yeah, one of the yeah, other songs. Like one of them was Aha's Take On Me for an entire <laughs> freaking week. And then I listened to the soundtrack to The King and the Mockingbird. And, oh. And all of that came flooding back. And it's, just, it's so beautiful. But now it's like out of my head once again. Interesting that you bring that up. Did you listen to that again because we watched this? Because of the the visual similarities no. between the robots and the robot in that? No, but we will talk about the robots later. Okay, I well, just I listened to it because I noticed it was on on my list. Aww. and I was bored at work, so it's yeah. beautiful. Anyway, okay. I don't know if I actually made note of King of the Mockingbird, but it was in my head because I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely some some inspiration and influence there, no question. Anyway. Ooh. Okay. So story. Sorry. Um, I don't, do we want to? It's basically yeah. It's an adventure story. It's it's uh yeah. You've got two kid main characters. One of them has an amulet. It's all about like linking it to this floating city, Laputa, and everybody wants this amulet because it actually is like this piece of super advanced technology that can bring destruction and power to anyone who who wields it. And mankind is stupid, and let's stop fighting everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's 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 the plot. <laughs> oh, also because it's Miyazaki, nature prevails. Oh, of, of, course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We destroy the technology, and then the, the castle in the sky floats away, uh, bereft of that technology, except for the robots. But they basically come to just be these like guardians of the the, the gardens there. Yeah, the garden guardians, <laughs> robots. Oh, I love the robots. I have two questions about. Miyazaki plots in general. Okay, okay. And we can use this movie to talk about them. Yay! Are there any low points? And does Miyazaki ever have any plot holes? Ooh. Because every movie has some kind of little tiny plot hole, but I don't I don't know. He's just so good at he's so good at this. What do you mean low points? Do you mean like low point in terms of like, like the narrative, like, oh no, this is disappointing or sad or what? Or do you mean low points as in like he him failing to tell Part of the story, like what do you mean, low point? Like part of the story is missing, or something happens that takes you out oh. of the story. Gosh, this is such a well put together and paced story that um, I'm struggling to think of. Like, okay, but okay, so sort of weak points, I guess, would be better. Yeah. Okay, and then plot holes. Plot holes. I don't know. It's 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 less. Po- plot holes than just things that are just kind of left unsaid that don't really need to be explored. Like there's definitely stuff where I'm just sort of like, how do they find this stuff out? Like, how are they, how does like the government agent, how did, how did they track her down? Like, how did they find that house to begin with? Like, how did they ever find anything? I, yeah, exactly. Like we can just sort of hand away that as like, it's got a secret shadowy government agent agency. They can do whatever they want. But I, I do kind of remember being like, well, how did they find her? I don't remember. Like, yeah, she her, her family died and she was left alone. And then they just suddenly show up and they're like, ah, yes, this crest was over your fireplace. It's like, wait, how did you find her? How? And 
I guess we can assume maybe Muska just was doing a bunch of research behind the scenes because he had his own family ties to that. So he could probably like trace it back and then figure out where it split and then yeah. follow that family to where they were in Gondwa. I don't know. <laughs> it's... So not really a plot hole. Again, it's just sort of stuff where it's just like you do kind of just tilt your head maybe if you grow, if you start overthinking it, but you don't really need to overthink this movie. It's no. it's, it's honestly it's a very simple plot. <laughs> One thing I just wanted to know more about was how these people ended up making this floating island in the first place and how they found this technology. But it's because I love the world building so much that I want more of it, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. It, it, it's very much, though, that, that just that trope of, like, the ancient, super advanced society that had access to all the stuff, but then it tore itself apart because of mankind being stupid. Yeah. Um, it's like Atlantis, you know? Like, it's, 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 just, it's just a floating Atlantis, basically, is what it is. Atlantis. And, you know, incidentally, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, did draw a lot of inspiration from Castle in the Sky. Wow, are we surprised? <laughs> when you think about it, when you look at it, it's like, wait a minute, yeah. Sure did. It's almost like a bunch of people watch these movies wow. and like them. Wow. <laughs> people at Disney? <laughs> like Miyazaki? <laughs> yeah. And as for, like, weak points... Well, I wanted to know a little bit more about the rocks, too. Like, we got just enough to know... I don't know. There's there's a lot of just sort of surface level. It was just ironic because we're talking about mines and minerals and stuff <laughs> deep in the mines. But it's just like a lot of surface level like explanations that we get for everything in this movie. And that's why I'm just sort of like, I'm just not bothered by it because of the way the plot and the action and everything is just, it, it's all very surface level. There's not a whole lot of depth here. And I'm, I'm not concerned about learning more. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I'm just enjoying this for what it is, which is a romp. Yeah, like, it's a very it's an endearing romp. <laughs> I I also enjoyed it for what it is, but because I liked it so much, you want more? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. It, it I, there's probably some more deep lore that exists in other media that it, I don't know actually, but mm-hmm. unlike Nausicaa, like you know that started as like the comic and then continued even after the movie was created. This didn't have like its inception in that same sort of way. It didn't. It wasn't like some comic that Miyazaki came up with. It was just. He pitched this as a movie, and cool. there it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we talk about the characters? Sure. So many to talk about. There, there are a lot of characters, but just really, just the main ones, at least there's only a few. Like, like absolutely main, main, main characters. Yes, there's Shita. Shita. And Pazu. Pazu. And Muska. Muska. And Dola. And the general guy. General guy. And, and then Dola's son. Pirates. Or pirates. Yeah. They call her mom, which it, is adorable. I, I Yeah, I, I do wonder how many of them are actually her children and how many of them are just sort of like, they just sort of fell into that and they mm-hmm. just call her mom anyway. I think I think the main ones that we see, like there's like three or four of them. Yeah. I think they're actually her kids. <laughs> and since, I mean, they, I think dad is the, the engineer guy. Yeah. So, yeah. And then oh, and the, the, the boss. I guess the boss. Oh, the boss and yeah, the, the boss's wife. Yeah, and the guy who walks through the mines. Oh, um, Uncle, it's like Uncle Palm. Uncle Palm. I think, and then, and then there's like a trained engineer who just helps him out a little bit. Like that, whatever. He's a very, very small character. And then the robots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So I guess uh, Shida or Pazu first. I guess let's do Shida. Shida. Okay. She's the princess. Yeah, yeah, token princess. Nah, you don't even know she's a princess for a bit. Yeah. Um, 
But of course she is. Well, you know she's special. Yeah, she's got a magical necklace that makes her float. Except she doesn't really seem to know that it does that, which I like. You know, she she she's just sort of like, holy shit, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Just as much as really Pazu. Like I, I I like that, but but they do they 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 each have their own little thing that they bring to like the table where it's like she's like, okay, well I guess this is actually my name and I know these spells. And he's like, I've been researching Lapita. <laughs> like my dad basically <laughs> discovered it, except didn't like no one believed him. And yeah, she does. She's. Just a, a, a charming little character. I liked her. She's she, fine. She's solid. Yeah. She's up for anything. Yeah, she's... she's she kicks ass. She d- she does. Um, She doesn't, like... She hits Musco over the head with the bottle at yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. Which, like, you know, it's... What a nerve-wracking moment, even, you know. She's just, like, really not sure about doing it as he's, like, entering his code or whatever. And then she just fucking goes for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like... You know what? Good, good for you. You needed to do that. <laughs> if you if you ever wanted to get out, you had to do it. I'm sorry. And then you know, at the end, where she's trying to like tell all the the military guys, like, get out. He's going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like she's she's doing her best to like save people, even when she's in duress herself. She acts like royalty. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's 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 the the queen that Lapita deserves, which is to say she destroys it all, which, you know, good. Yeah, it, it, it needed to die. You know, it, yeah, it keeps floating, but whatever. She needed to bring back the balance or whatever. Yeah, and Pazu. Pazu, who's also extremely likable. He's also a solid dude. Yeah, he's a good, good dude, good bro. And I gotta say, I'm really glad that they established from the beginning that he's like a working dude. Yeah. Because he has needed upper body strength the entire movie. <laughs> he has I'm like, a, oh my God. Like I trust that he has it because I've seen him working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even though at the very beginning when he like, when she floats down and lands in his arms and then we're like, oh fuck. Like, but he, he was, still carries her and like lifts her. Yeah. He was his legs. on the edge of a board and yeah. you didn't know she was going to suddenly weigh a hundred yeah. pounds. <laughs> and then yeah, so many times in this movie, he climbs and holds onto things like with only his like upper body strength, as you say. <laughs> and like, he has to do a lot and a lot of physical stuff and he, he does it. But what I love about him is that he doesn't give up about the crystal i mean he does care about lapida but he cares about sheeta more yeah and uh, like for all the times that we hear him screaming sheeta in the movie <laughs> it's like i'm not bothered by that i feel like in other movies i'd be like oh god here he goes screaming her name again i'm just like no this is it he's looking for her he cares about yeah. her he doesn't care about the rest he wants her to be okay and he he's a gentleman from the beginning yeah. too yeah like, take on his little tiny tiny like waistcoat and just dropping on her. <laughs> yeah, even from the beginning, every time he's like running around below, we've got this like really cool shot of her resting up on the piece of equipment and he's running around doing mining tasks and shit below. You can see his little head looking up at her yeah. like constantly, just being like, okay, is she okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> and they, they have such a like a little wholesome relationship as well. I know. It's very cute. And the voice acting in the Japanese version, his voice is not annoying, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, after watching Barefoot again, you know, <laughs> I don't want to hear another little boy screaming so much. Yeah, no. I mean, not just because horrible things were happening in that movie, but, right. you, know, you know, the, like, the high-pitched, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's a woman doing the voice for, for Pazu, but, yeah. Well, good job. Yeah. You, you did a, a good job at being a boy. Yes. I mean, it's just a Japanese thing. And also with American voice actors who's doing voices for 
boys, you know, mm-hmm. and they do that a lot. Park Simpson, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then we we watched a few scenes in the English dub, and yeah. James Vanderbeek was just annoying. I'm sorry, dude. Like, like, I love you, dude, but please no. It, it, they 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 just they needlessly kind of it, they made it age up the kids in a way that yeah. they really didn't need to do. Anna Paquin was okay. She 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 just her accent was all over the place, but you know she 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 turned in an okay performance, but she also sounds a little bit too old. Definitely the weak point of the of the Disney dub, but we'll 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 talk about the its strengths shortly. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so moving on with characters, hmm, who do we want to talk about next? Let's do the pirates. Okay, so Dola Dola is life goals. Dola is amazing. I fucking love her. She is one of my favorite Miyazaki creations. Oh. He does a lot of like older woman characters who are really, really good, strong, cool characters, but she is like the epitome of them. <laughs> and she's not like when I see her face and I, I, I kind of think of her character, I, I'm vaguely reminded of um, Yubaba and Spirited Away. Me too. But this is like a badass, cool, nice version of Yubaba. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and also without a giant fucking head. Um, no, she has other giant things. Um, but everything about her is just so iconic. I love the bit when they're doing the big chase on the rail tracks and, and she like jumps on the front of their car and then yanks off her like skirt and she's just standing there with her <laughs> fucking guns and the music is playing. It's like, yeah! And she's just badass. And she, she does care about the kids. I like the, that growth we do see where she, she gets more and more invested in them than in the treasure, you know? Yeah, yeah. By the end of the movie, she was my favorite character. Yeah. But the funny thing is, it had been so many years since I had seen this that I completely forgot everything. And mm. yet, as we, I was watching this, you know, for this podcast, I remembered everything as it happened. Huh. <laughs> so I was very confused by her character at first because I'm like, I'm supposed to love her. No, hate, hate her. No, hate her, right? Love her. Okay. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, as someone who's seen this so many times, I'm just like, she, the moment I see her at the very beginning, I see, I'm just like, <laughs> yes, yes, Tola. So good. I No, and in the dub, she is played by Cloris Leachman, who just owns the role. She's so good. She's oh, yes. Yeah. So um, seamless. It's, it, yeah, it's perfect. Like, it's like, how, how, how is this not the voice I'm hearing in the Japanese version? Which is fine. You know, she's Honestly, fine in that. They sounded the same to me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just like a gruff old woman. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty it. much. But yeah, no, I, I I love her, just her attitude and the fact that she had a fucking gun and it up her, her, her pants. <laughs> <laughs> that moment she's like, ah, yeah, here, wait, wait, take this with you too. And just shake, shake, shake. Oh, and here's some shells. <laughs> uh, so good. So how about her, her little pirate minions? Uh, yeah, her pirate family, I guess we can call them. They're, they're just... God, they kind of steal the movie in a way. Maybe. Like, they, they... This... What did I say? Um, so as much as I love Nausicaa... So Nausicaa, is, it takes itself very seriously, and it doesn't have as much humor in that movie. This movie has so much humor, right. and I, I, yeah, I say that the pirates are the levity that Nausicaa lacks. Yes. They, they add, like, this touch of just... So much humor and like they're they're so endearing in their own weird way. Like even when they are presented to be like the bad guys at the beginning when they're chasing and trying to capture them before we actually get to know. Oh yeah, I guess the the, the Tiger Moss I think is the name of the ship. Before we get to know the the crew of the Tiger Moss, 
they're still entertaining and, and enjoyable. Like that street brawl. Like it's yeah. it's so fun. Like and, and I, maybe it's just because it's part of it's just in their design and their outfits. It's just like I am. I love these guys. Look at them in their little white suits and then in their pink pants. Pink pants. Love them. I think uh, their animation does a lot. Yeah. For the humor. Just especially in the street brawl, you got mm-hmm. all the guys walking around with their fists up and their, their, their shirts arms, exploding. Their shirts explode and they, they raise their arms in a way that it looks like I don't know, they're trying to be Donkey Kong or something. It's very it's it's very exaggerated and cartoony and and, and but not like too goofy. Like it, it's such a good blend. But yeah, no, I I I think they're they are great characters. They're so much fun and I don't like that Disney made them be like in love with Sheeta. Oh, that was yeah. kind of creepy. When she was assigned to be the cook, and then they come and help her. Yeah. But in the English translation, they're like oh, professing no, their love for her, her. and that, yeah, they, they, you don't really quite get that vibe in the Japanese version. And that one, it just sort of seems like they're just sort of like fascinated by her because they were saying, "Oh, she's going to be like mom," and it's like, "Oh my god, we love mom. Mom's great." She's going to be like, Mom, awesome. Well, there is that one who comes in with flowers and he's all blushing. But but I think it's just like, I think the Americans misunderstood that. I think so, too. Because it's like, they're like, oh, it's a girl on the ship. We have to be, we have to act differently with her. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just more them being kind of naive and, again, endearing. Like, it's it's, it's supposed to be more innocent than the weirdness that Disney made it. (laughs) But I, yeah, we still love that sequence when like they come in and they're all like, "What did you say?" Spider-Man, Spider-Man. point. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no, you're here!" <laughs> it's cute. Do you have a favorite of those pirate henchmen? Uh, honestly, I, I just think of like kind of the the three main ones that we do see, or there four. I, I think of the three main ones is the guy with the mustache. There's the freckled guy, and then the the, the beard guy. Uh-huh. Those are the three. I don't, I'm sure those they all are, have names. Those are the three who look like each other, who might be the, the actual kids. kids. They have yeah. like the same hair color. Yeah, yeah. And those are the three I think I just remember the most. And there are two or three others. Mm-hmm. There's like the guy who has like usually his like shirt is kind of pulled up, and you just see his little yeah, mustache. His mustache. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I. I like them all. I, I think is your favorite the one who who has your favorite line in the movie? Oh, the one who's like, I like to eat. Um, uh, well, I like to eat everything. Yeah, yeah. As he's like kind of flying off the side of the screen, like <laughs> everything before he's gone. <laughs> Here's the thing: voice acting makes a big difference for me. Mm. Um, in the Japanese, my favorite is that guy, the freckled guy. Okay, he's adorbs. Toads adorbs. Toads adorbs. <laughs> but in the, the English, my favorite is the bearded guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just performance-wise. Yep. Yeah, I can get that. Absolutely. Kind of interchangeable for me because, yeah, I guess having seen enough of both of them, they just sort of blur together in certain ways. Yeah, no, pirates, awesome. Love them. Love the tiger moths. They're great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we talk about Muska? Muska. Muska. So one of the very few Miyazaki villains who is just a fucking villain. Like there's no there's no shades of gray here. He's just a villain. He's just a bad guy. And it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> there's so many Miyazaki villains, quote unquote, or antagonists where it's like they, they, they explain their reasoning and there's like at least some kind of like, okay, I get where they're coming from. They're wrong and they're doing things wrong, but at least I kind of get them. Mm-hmm. For him, he's just this, this guy just wants power, and he's an asshole, and he wants to destroy and rule everything. Yeah. He's just a dick. And this is the one time 
so far, <laughs> the one time where I prefer the English dub. Yes. Because he is played by Mark Hamill. Mark motherfucking Hamill. But what I want, <laughs> now what I want is a recording of Mark Hamill doing the Japanese. Oh, that'd be so fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be amazing. Or, you know, just take the English performance and drop it in there because he, he looks like he's like a, like a foreign agent, you know? Yeah. Like, like who, who cares? Like, like, just a multicultural world, you know? <laughs> I mean, because for that matter, the, the mining town and everything where, where this all takes place, the setting, it's based off of Welsh mining towns, oh, Wales, yeah. because Miyazaki traveled to Wales in, in the mid-80s and, like, was just sort of taken with, like, this this mining town kind of vibe and the architecture mm-hmm. and everything and kind of studied it, incorporated it into the movie. I can see it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, like, what a, what a neat little, like, what the heck? Who knew? That's so cool. Anyway, it's not to say that the Japanese performance is, like, terrible or anything. No. Um, in fact, there's something really compelling about him being the, the kind of kind of milk toast for the first like 80% of his involvement in the movie. Like, like, like anytime you see him, he's just sort of like kind of very quiet and flat and not really doing anything. But then when they get to Lapida, yeah. he just turns into like just over the top villain and, and, and <laughs> like never is over top as Mark Hamill, of course, but still much more animated and much more sinister and much like you know, he's doing his evil laughs and everything. And that was really cool. They, they just sort of showed him like he finally just kind of like breaks in the veneer and you see what he truly is. And he's just nefarious, but oh man, Mark Hamill just, just, just he oozes it all. <laughs> he's just so evil. And I love him. There are some times when, his character shouts that I hear the Joker. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, there was there was one line in particular. It was like, oh, there you are, buddy. <laughs> yeah, because I, I definitely went back and I was like, okay, you guys have to. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna listen to the the English version here. We're just gonna go through most of the Mark Hamill scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and there was that part where Musco was following Sheeta through the halls. Yeah, and he <laughs> came out of the darkness laughing evilly. <laughs> like, ah, Joker. I, I want that on loop. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, no, he's he's a um, cool character, cool villain. Um, again, not not a lot of depth or anything. Just he's using just using Sheeta to get what he wants, and he doesn't care about her except for the fact that she is the one who like kind of unlocks the secret of the necklace. And after that point, really, all he cares about is the power of Lapita. But it doesn't he understand that friendship and love are the greatest powers of all? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> no. he gets blinded and just we, we just assume he gets crushed and falls to his death oh, with yeah. the collapse of Lapida. We just see yeah. him just wander away going, ah, my eyes, which is cool, actually. Yeah, that scene where Lapida is collapsing, like, the way the, the ground and the walls shift was really cool. It's very, very it's visually amazing. Visually amazing and disorienting for mm-hmm. good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, should be. Anyway, Muska, awesome. Mm. I like him. And He's a good villain. And now Jim Cummings. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name. It's just Colonel something or other. Or General. Colonel. No, General. Colonel Muska and General this guy. Yes. Yeah. Gen- General this guy. General this guy. Um, yeah, he's it's just there to represent the the army, really, and, and the military power and, and their interest in this. And I'm not necessarily a bright character, just kind of gets duped into this and yeah. it, when it was really all just Muska's 
own ambitious takeover plot. And, and in the end, they're in it for the treasure. Yeah, yeah. Which, it I mean, turns out. more power to them, I guess. I mean, loot the place before it gets destroyed. Yeah, except yeah. they all get blown up anyway. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he dies. Oh, yeah, he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, no treasure for you. No, no, no treasure. Um, no treasure for the military to fund more military. Yeah, Save it all for the pirates. Yes. <laughs> I do like that they get to walk away with something. Mm-hmm. That was cute, where they're like, well, this is all we found. <laughs> we all have this. <laughs> anyway, yeah, whatever. Generals. At least he kind of saw Muska for the villain he was fairly early on. He was like, mm. this guy's an asshole. I don't I don't trust him. And kind of mutter, mutter, mutter. But it wasn't, it wasn't enough for him to outwit or survive him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bit where he's like, I congratulate you. You did a good job. Uh, here's this. And starts shooting at his hologram or whatever. <laughs> it's like, you dumbass. <laughs> And yeah, in the English version, it's particularly funny. He's like, here's a reward, and tries to shoot him. And then Mark Hamill's like, like basically, like, I'm so tired of your stupidity. Or like, I, the line is so fucking funny, and the line reading is even better. So, oh, good times. And then, yeah, lots of smaller characters, like, yeah, Uncle Palm, who's fine. He's just a cute old man living in, not probably living in the mines, but hanging out in the mines. I like it. He, I like the way he knows how the rocks talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that scene where That's he sees he sees the necklace, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "Oh, can you put that away? Put it it's, away. it's too too much." Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because yeah, it, it it kind of foreshadows like it, well, it explains a little bit about like what the mineral is, the the crystal and everything, how it has this like power, and also like he's seeing it as more dangerous already, like yeah. as something that he's like, "Oh, I can't handle this," and this is something that's more than what it seems, um, which is good Good to introduce early. And then, yeah, the boss and his wife, they're all fine. They're fine side characters. They're, they're again, inter- enjoyable, entertaining little characters. Yeah. Well, the thing with these side characters is they still contribute to the story. Yeah. They progress things along. They do. Even though we do have to take some time Just establishing their personalities and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that in most other movies, if there's a random character like Uncle Palm, mm-hmm. it still feels random. But with him, we get so much exposition. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So well done. Yes! There's not not too many wasted moments in this movie. Like, even the bits where their characters are, like, when things slow down and characters are breathing and then, like, actually, like, chilling between, you know, action set pieces, they're still, like, talking about things or they're still establishing moods or thoughts or things so it's like again nothing's wasted no good pace movie so how about the boss and his wife and his little girl too they're fine yeah Yeah, that's all i've got to say about them i don't really have anything exciting i'd rather talk about the robots oh i just want to say i like his wife okay no she's cool so much she's cool she's got a frying pan (laughs) and she's like i'm not i'm not fixing your shirt i hope you know that (laughs) i like his reaction oh oh, shit (laughs) but yeah robots Robots. The robots. Oh my gosh, it reminds me of Nausicaa. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were like, well, at first you're afraid of him because you don't know what he does. And then when he wakes up, you can see him trying so hard to move. And he wants to get to her. So hard to do the thing that he was made to do. And then he's falling apart. And you're like, no. Yeah, stop. So yeah, you get these robots that were created by this highly advanced society, this Lapida. And they're they're these war machines, but 
only when they're like prompted to be, you know, like it's just trying to protect Sheeta when it starts destroying things yeah. around her. It's Lapita in general. Yeah, yeah. It, like when uh, Muska like you know releases like whatever hundreds of those little robots to attack the the Goliath, then yeah, no, that they're, they're only doing that because you're told her. But when they're left to the, the themselves, you've got the the gardener, the the guardian garden garden the guardian garden, garden. <laughs> the guardian garden, um, who has absolutely no ill intentions at all or, or desire to be violent. And it just moves their glider aside to like reveal a, a little nest and its eggs. And yeah. it, it enjoys the fox squirrels company. And yeah. it's, it's just, it's bringing flowers to the grave and stuff. And it's just so gentle and sweet and cute. And, oh. mm. I, I love this. I love these robots. And I particularly love the one that gets fucking destroyed sadly Uh, that part's heartbreaking and the music that plays too when it picks her up and puts her up on like the parapet rampart i don't know whatever on the side of the thing it's standing on to like get her out of the way and it kind of puts its hand to its chest and then boom Uh, i know i know but the music there is really good and it's 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 kind of heart-wrenching yeah yeah even when she like screams at it to stop when it's destroying everything around it and she's like no no stop and she like kind of hugs its head. There's a there's a shot where she's wrapped around its head and it's like kind of moving its hands up to sort of like touch her, like kind of gently, like, oh no, are we are you okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something just again, endearing is a, a word that keeps coming up for this movie. Um, it's just a very endearing movie. I wonder if this robot inspired Baymax. Yeah. Iron Giant. <laughs> I mean, there's there's tons of robot yeah. influences everywhere. I mean, the robot from King the Mockingbird yeah. inspired this robot. Also could have been inspired like the giant warrior god things from uh, Nausicaa. Right. But yeah, there's definitely something there. And I want to say Miyazaki used this robot design in an episode of Lupin, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, um, when we first meet the robot that ends up getting killed. Yeah. Like he's lying on the ground and everything, mm-hmm. like sprawled out. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of Area 15 in Las Vegas. Mm. The the big art installation that is a giant robot lying on the ground. Oh wait. Yeah, did you have you seen it? Wait, what? What? How did I miss this? I mean I guess I didn't What? <laughs> I just it's like a big warehouse I thought. But there's art installations outside. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought there were just there was just like small sculptures, like there was like an owl and there are like other stuff. Yeah, there is stuff, and in the middle there's a robot. Huh? I don't remember the robot, and he's he's kind of interactive. Oh my god! How did I... <laughs> maybe? Well, you were distracted by the owl. I was probably distracted <laughs> by the owl. It was just fair, very fair. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, humanizing robots everywhere. Every Yay, movie. Love robots. Uh, robots are great. Robots make me sad. They make me sad too, because <laughs> usually they're just programmed to do these things, and they don't have a choice. And yeah. that's usually why it's extra tragic for when when they do something either to like defy that programming or they perform that programming to a fault. You know, because it, it's usually it, it, it's carried to extremes, and again, they have no control over it. Yeah. So. Yeah, then we have to blame the humans for the shit that happens to them or around them or with them. God damn it, humans. (laughs) 
Anyway, anyway, happy ending for the guardian, garden, guardian, guard, guard, um, <laughs> robot. <laughs> guardian McArderson. Yeah, because we get to see him over a split second walking away, yeah. surrounded by birds and fox squirrels and enjoying himself. And I'm sure he'll be fine when Lapita rises up into fucking outer space, apparently, <laughs> according to the end. <laughs> Were these fox squirrels like um, Teto? From those yeah, yeah, they, they are 100% the same The same breed? Creature. Yeah, cool. it's, it's, it was just, he just lifted them from that and shoved them in this. I like <laughs> that. So all, all Miyazaki movies are connected. Uh, I don't think this is a future where bugs are taking over the world. And I don't think that's going to happen. I hope not. Oh, God. Well, I mean, oh, no. Give or take one or two thousand years, you know? Many thousands of years, I think. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. So wait, does that mean that Laputa, the big bomb that we saw like set off like a chain reaction they're all like oh shit we better build some giant warriors and all kill each other and oh no now the sea of decay is here no it is all connected yeah <laughs> damn it <laughs> i don't have any questions about animation in particular but i just have a note that says time to gush time to gush do we need to gush or is it just pretty much unspoken that it's awesome i i, I think i've gushed about everything so far already i have like a couple of fun little trivia things okay. um, I can wrap up with that so um, the reason why it's only called Castle in the Sky in the English version and for when mo- most people refer to it and they don't mention Laputa Laputa is the whore in Spanish oh and that's actually the, like why it's called that in Gulliver's Travels because it does exist in that as you know Laputa or whatever as a floating city but you know Jonathan Swift and all of his his um, metaphors and, and allegories and, and, and you know the way he writes and everything has a meaning. Yeah, there's a reason why it's called that. But Miyazaki didn't know that. Oh. He didn't know that. And when he found out, he was like, "Oh, I probably wouldn't have called it that then." Oops. I still think of this movie as being Lapita. But anyway, <laughs> well, why did why did Jonathan Swift do that? Because it's not like none of the societies he like created like like whether it's um, Broad Bing Dang or whatever you call it or Lilliput or any of it. It's all it's all like satire. It's all supposed to be like making fun of like shit that actually exists mm-hmm. or exaggerating things. Um, but I don't know enough. I, I read it, but I don't fucking remember Lapida from when I was reading it. So I don't know specifically why he called it the whore. But I'm guessing some part of its society was whorish, or like like some sort of thing that they did had to do with that. Mm. And that's why he gave it that name. So weird. Very tongue-in-cheek kind of bullshit. Yeah, because <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's that's what he did. He, he he was making fun of so many, so many like government systems and everything. Mm. He was just taking the piss. <laughs> and then, of course, obviously, uh, this film had huge, huge, huge um, inspiration on lots of like Japanese pop culture and lots of like steampunk things and Final Fantasy, <laughs> like everything, so many things owe it, uh, owe, owe their like vibe to to Lapita. And then there's this weird fact that apparently the Twitter record for like most tweets per second is because of this movie. What? So I guess in 2011 and 2013, I think 2013 is when the record was set. I don't know if it's been broken since, but. The word of power that Sheeta and Pazu speak at the end, the it's balsa, I guess. They speak it, and then everything goes to shit. Everything blows up, and 
falls apart. So apparently when it was airing on TV in Japan, everyone got on Twitter and tweeted the word Balsa together at the same time when they speak it in the film. And they just shattered the record in 2013 with 143,199 tweets per second. They destroyed that record. They really did. The tweet of destruction, one might say. But yeah, I just thought that was really funny because I was like, I felt like I knew something about like this being kind of like this, this word being a thing. Cause I was like, why do I know this word? Like it's, it's like in the back of my mind rattling around. I was like, Oh yes. It's almost a meme basically in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of neat. Cool. And, uh, otherwise, yeah, no, I, I fucking love this movie. And I, as much as I'm looking forward to watching tons of other Miyazaki films, uh, at least one of which I'd say is probably just the superior film, but this one's more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is the end of like the this era. I guess there's only really a couple of movies that have this this vibe of Nausicaa and Lafayette. I, I kind of I kind of lump them together when I think of this time of Miyazaki films, mm-hmm. and then things shift, and that's not a bad thing. No. They just feel different. I'm looking forward to more of this. Mm-hmm. More, you know, more Studio Ghibli. Yeah, at least that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And we will have tons more. Very exciting. But yeah, uh, in the meantime, though, what do we have next time? Next time is Transformers the movie. <sighs> okay. I mean, it might be enjoyable. I've you know, never yeah. been into Transformers. Just never. This is we'll talk be... about it. Yeah. We'll talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, for all of me, I'm like, I love robots. I don't give a fuck about transformers I mean, they're robots right i don't i don't give a shit no, okay you might like these robots oh, boo if it's well done but okay we'll find out i guess we will find out it's gotta be better than he-man and it's gotta be better than michael bay right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> are we sure it's better than he-man i guess we'll find out <laughs> tune in next time <laughs> oh bye And now Jim Cummings. Oh, yeah.